Coming to you not live, and coming to you from the StreamYard studios, powered by StreamYard, it is powered the Sons of Honarchy podcast <laughs> with your co-hosts. I am one of them. Uh, I am Steve-O. You can find me on Twitter at DrunkShySoxFan. And, and Hot Tank Tommy, uh, also powered by StreamYard. Uh, <laughs> on this episode of the Sons of Honarchy podcast, we're going to be talking about, well, Andrew Benintendi, ladies and gentlemen. That's your uh, outfield of the future. And, uh, oh, Billy the Hitter. Let's go. <laughs> Billy the Hitter. All of this is brought to you by just us. So make sure you rate, subscribe, review on your favorite podcast platform, whatever that may be. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Google Casts. Whatever the, the fuck is Pocket Casts? Pocket Casts is like, I don't know. It's like a Android version of like podcasts. I think I just offended somebody. <laughs> yeah, you may have. Nice job. Powered by StreamYard. Exactly. And no free ads though, Tom. <laughs> no free ads. StreamYard doesn't pay us to say that. Yeah, um, true. Tommy yeah. just decided to litter our page um, <laughs> that we're looking at each other on with StreamYard logos. So <laughs> they gave us options. This is the free options that they gave us. So <laughs> I wanted to put as many as we could. <laughs> <laughs> um, instead of uploading our own logos, or just hey, it's, it's free. Um, <laughs> I, I will. I will say this. I'm v- speaking of spending money and free. I'm really glad that I did not spend money on france to win the world cup um i almost did at the beginning of all this and i was like wait like plus a thousand odds there's a ton of money there um and then i actually thought at the end about like parlaying or not parlaying hedging france with argentina which i would made me a little bit of money but not a lot um anyway argentina wins the world cup congrats Messi. what what a guy he's very short and apparently has autism Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah, just fun fact. Um, I'm, some people say because of like his mannerisms, he's like somewhere on the spectrum. Um, but that's not officially diagnosed. I don't think. Yeah, I think that might be just somebody who's like he probably has autism because he's better than me at soccer. So exactly. Um, <laughs> there has to be an explanation somewhere. The Rain Man of soccer. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly, somebody with a shallow ego wasn't able to handle the fact that the guy is just better than him at the sport. Oh my God. <laughs> It's amazing. It's hilarious. But yeah, um, other than the tax evasion, he seems like a pretty good guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a lot less on his rap sheet than Ronaldo. That's for darn sure. Oh, shit. Yeah. Fuck that guy. (laughs) For real. Fuck that guy. Um, And he cried. He like cried like a baby when they lost to Morocco. Wait, was it Morocco? Yeah, it was Morocco. Yeah, Morocco knocked him out. Well, man, this is probably the last year he could do. Like, I thought last World Cup was going to be the last year he could do anything. So, like, the fact that this year he's out, too. He got for pretty far. But, yeah, uh, decently far this year. They won Euros as well. Tom, we're not a soccer podcast, though. I We don't know anything. We're not no. even a football <laughs> podcast. We're not even a football podcast. Football. We are a what podcast, Tom? Go Bears. Uh, we are Bears. a <laughs> White Sox podcast. White, so- duh, White Sox podcast. Duh, White Sox podcast. The White Sox. Um <laughs> Sure feels that way, okay? Like, yes. look at all of the top tier. Here's, you know, I, I'm going to get excited later. But let me say, start off by saying this. Why, or ask this, why can't the White Sox play at the top of the market? Steve, This was a did. great year. Just like 2019, or going into the 2020 season. Yeah. The White Sox at least had a seat at the table at the top of the market. Oh, my God. Yeah. We have regressed. We didn't even have a seat at the table this yeah, year, right? There was no there was no talks about spending in the upper echelon with the rest of these teams. Yeah. 
zero conversations about it. But, Why? Why? Well, because you don't have to play at the top of the market when you can wait for Andrew Benintendi to fall in your laps. So, just let so the first you, 19 willing? of the are, top 25 free agents get signed and then just like strike at the top of the market once you once are that you, are you willing to say <laughs> so which bad. i'll go on ben Tendi in a second here are you willing to say then that this is on rick Hahn a little bit uh i think i'm starting to think yes uh, mm-hmm. this, that rick Hahn could have possibly done more to either there's i mean there's a couple things that he could do and everybody argues like you know you can only spend with whatever money the off front office is given right makes sense however there's two parts to his job it's actually making the deal when you when you have the budget but it's convincing the front the uh owner ownership that you need more money for this that and the other so he's he's done a poor job of developing the front office into like an actual representative major league front office that has player development offices has scouting office multiple scouting offices has multiple international scouting offices has a real analytics department yes all of that is just not happened while other teams have in the same span that like in the same span of years that Rickon has been the gm in that same span of years, so many other clubs have introduced mountains and mountains of data that they can, you know, use for improving the club. And Rickon's just running out of feeling, basically, is what it feels like. He's like, I don't need all these staff members, like, crowding up the budget when I can pay Leary Garcia $28.5 million with all that money that I'm saving. It's... Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm more blame Rakan for that than the lack of free agent signings. To be honest, like no player development office or very limited, no analytics department or very limited, and no international scouting department or just actually it's Marco Patty, and the like. There's just that's the White Sox for you. Is like there's no focus on like. He said he wanted to build something that was sustainable for winning year after year after year after year. What you do to do that is you go the way of the Rays and and you like in enormous analytics departments where you're not paying for people on the field. You're paying for people in the offices to make good decisions like on the margins because that's how you build for success. Dodgers, same shit. Obviously, they're the best of all time in the last 10 years. So just it's more and more falling on deaf ears when Rickon has excuses. Plus his time is running out. Like this is his window that he preached about. And we got like next year. Yeah, it sure feels that way. Right. It, especially with what they've done in the off season this year. Let me run it back. I think everything that you said absolutely makes sense. Let me start by saying this. Draft picks. Think about what the White Sox have drafted and what they've been able to develop, and particularly their first-round picks. Nick Madrigal is pretty good. I don't know what you're talking (laughs) about. Fantastic. Um, Getting replaced by Dansby Swanson and fucking... Who else? Uh, It doesn't matter. That's on the north side. Right. 
It's um, their fucking problem. <laughs> we'll we'll get to to that actually. I want to talk about Dansby Swanson and the Cubs in a second too, but not spend too much time on it in a minute. Um, draft picks, Tom. Run me through since Rick Hahn has become GM the draft picks that he's been able to land Carson and, and develop. <laughs> Carson Fulmer, Zach Collins, uh, Nick Madrigal, shit, shit, and shit. Um, fucking. Oh, Carlos Rodon was was the only hit. Yeah, <laughs> the only hit has been Carlos fucking Rodon, who you then decided to not no even qualifying give a qualifying offer, offer to yeah. last year. Unfucking believable. There's no plan. It's all willy nilly, mm-hmm. and when the money is spent, it's spent in all the wrong directions. It, yeah, it, it makes zero sense to me. There, there, there is no direction. There's no willingness to go out and then spend in free agency when you don't have the top tier talent on your team that you need yeah. to be successful and you're not developing that top tier talent the top three teams in the league when it comes to first round draft picks and their war um there was a jake kuda tweet that came out and talked about this of <laughs> course the top three teams tom in regard to their first round draft picks being at you know most war out of their first round draft picks in the last decade. You want to guess who those three teams are? Dodgers. Dodgers are one. Yes. Uh, Think about teams that just won. Braves. 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 Yeah, two. Right. And who's the third? Uh, oh, the Astros. Yeah. Bingo! Right there. One, two, three. <laughs> no particular order. I think the actual order was like Astros. Dodgers, Braves, the top three teams right there have all won a World Series. Oh, hold on, have won the World Series the last three years. The last three years. Oh yeah. my God, look at that. Yeah, and the White Sox are like third to last when it comes to <laughs> draft war out of their first round picks. Yeah, and the only thing that's holding them above water is Carlos Rodon. Yeah, and he's not part of the organization, and you right. didn't want to keep him in the organization. <laughs> Take Rodon's <laughs> career war with the White Sox out of the picture. They're probably like they're probably dead last. Yeah, that's yeah. insane to me. The fact that you invest all this draft capital capital into players, mm-hmm. and then you either cannot develop them into pure major league talent, yeah. true major league talent, or you you they're developing and then you give up on them. Yeah, yeah. I guess, it's thank so God, stupid. they haven't done this with Andrew Vaughn yet. Yeah, but, I mean, Andrew Vaughn is, like, you. every blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while is what it feels like. I mean, same thing with Tim Anderson, obviously. Like, And that was before Han. That was the year before Han became GM. So there you go. But it's – it's what what I like that you touched on there was, like, there. it's kind of a team without an identity. Like, it doesn't have a direction mm-hmm. with and, – and this is speaking specifically from – the front office point of view where it's there's not yeah. a clear like this is the kind of pitcher that we target this is the kind of you know bat that we we prefer this is like they're not picking player profiles very well unless if you count <laughs> Leary Garcia Adam Eaton and Ben Intendi they kind of share characteristics how dare like, you put it, my my handsome devil andrew benintendi <laughs> on that list with adam he's eaton and literally a younger better adam eaton i don't know what you're talking about but I, what i what i'm getting at here is a lot better <laughs> <laughs> but same skill sets anyway 
what I'm what I'm getting at is this team on the field now because of the front office's lack of direction is a team without an identity as well because you know without Tony La Russa who you know as shitty as he was he had the old school mindset and that was kind of like last year's team was like old school hit your average kind of fucking baseball which we all can agree that was shit but that was an identity at least and you had you know grinder ball with jose abreu and and fucking like never taking a day off and johnny cueto kind of fit into that category as well like there were guys that were hard-nosed and like wanted to put in the work every day every day every day that kind of profile of player this team lost those guys, lost Tony Russo for the better, mind you. But we're a team without an identity, if you ask me. Like, there's, there's not a good. We're not a heavy slug team. We're not a, we're not a good fielding team with like good base running decisions. Like, we're not, we're not a smart team, if you, if you know what I mean. Like, we're not a high average team to be honest we're not a we're not a hot we're not a pitching heavy team we're not a we're just kind of middling if not bad at most facets of the game there, there's not a focus on any one th- thing to make us like a standout in a, in category a or category b you know like fucking look at the blue jays just slug, 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 slug. And by the way, we're going to buy all these pitchers, you know, like, or I, I just, it's, it's, it's been frustrating, especially I'm, like, and I, yeah. I, I told you this last time with the departure of Jose Abreu, I don't believe in this core anymore. And I know that's like, you know, maybe that's over dramatic, but <laughs> my MVP my MVP toe is gone. And like part of what made me trust this core was his like leadership in terms of I know who's playing first and I trust his numbers no matter what. So when his spot in the order comes up, whatever, I mean, mind you, he did lead the league in grounding into double plays, JDP for like the last five years. But Mans is gonna get up there and hit the ball hard. Like that you can count on it. And Without that, I don't know. It's just there's not a guy that I think I can look at and be like, that guy's going to be up at the plate and do damage. I mean, it's supposed to be Luis Robert, right? It's supposed, it's supposed to, be. to be Luis Robert. Robert. Um, but NTA, right? But he's not He's not a slugger. Well, NTA's not a slugger. You know, it, it, that pop. Look, I mean, here's the thing. Look at, look at last. Let's run it back to 2020. You run it back to 2020, going into 20 game sample, and and going into 2021, and the identity was what? Dingers. Yeah, hit the ball hard, hit the ball long, hit the ball far, right? And to be honest with you, that was their that was supposed to be their identity, and they failed at it, especially in the second half of 21 and all throughout 22. Now you've got new personnel in there, and I think the White Sox with their current lineup construction can still do that without a Brayu and adding Benintendi. They've got enough mashers in their lineup where I think I, I, I'm not terribly worried. 
about a lot of the pieces that are there, but it's a lot of what ifs. Okay. Exactly. And, and that's, that's my, that's my problem with when you talk about identity, it's not necessarily the identity of the team. It's the identity of the front office. It's the identity of the team in general. The White Sox are not a Yankees or a Dodgers or an Angels or a Mets. And they're not, they don't have the identity of, hey, we are going to go out into the market and we are going to outspend everybody. We are going right. to, ta- we are going to target the top player at the positions we need the most. And we are going to sign that guy and we're going to do it whatever it takes to sign that guy. Mm-hmm. The White Sox don't have that identity, unfortunately. Okay. Now let's look at teams like the Rays or the Guardians. Cleveland. Yes, yes. exactly. Right. And their identity is what Tom we're going development we're going to develop the players that we draft we're going to trade for players that we see potential in and we are going to invest our re- we're going to invest our money and our resources and our time in making sure we get the most bang for our buck the yeah. white Sox don't even do that because Whereas the problem if you're gonna is win, you want to do one or the other yeah we, we really should honestly or if you want to stay relevant right mm-hmm. the reason why teams like the rays and the guardians and the mariners stay mm-hmm. relevant by not spending a shit ton of money the only way they stay relevant is making sure that you have put your resources uh, across the board in the front office and in player development and and, and you you really emphasize the uh, they don't go out and they don't spend a shit ton of money. Like their number one paid player or number two paid played paid, paid player are not a closer and a catcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I right? mean, those were choices that the fucking this office made, and you can point at it and say that was the market at the time gave those options, and they were the best options available and they were in positions of need and they did spend to get to secure it i mean we were both excited about those those expenditures at the time the problem is that since then there hasn't been a large addition i mean andrew benintendi sure but and i'll be honest with you i'm still okay with it if the if they're willing to play at the top of the payroll the end of list if they're willing mm-hmm. to be top five every year, this doesn't become a problem if the White Sox play at the top five. Yeah. The problem is the White Sox are not going to play at the top five. We know right. this. It's, right. Jerry, it's Jerry's world, right? Us, the, the belief that I, I was lied to, you know, and I wasn't lied to. I was deceived. The money was spent. That is right. Mm-hmm. The payroll is definitely up from where it's mm-hmm. been in the past. Mm-hmm. In my mind, the money being spent was we are going to be at top five for the next five years. No, no. I don't know why I thought that. No, that was absolutely not going to be the case. And I think we should have known that going in. But like you, I'm, I'm just sitting and, here. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, too, and this is my beef with Rick Hahn, too, is if you are going to then dump a bunch of money into your core players, if you're going to give Luis a contract and if you're going to give Aloy a contract before their arbiters come up mm-hmm. then you've got to you've got to have a forward vision with that 
it, the only vision was we're going to throw money at these guys because we don't want to lose them. Yeah. And they weren't proven enough for that. Right. Or, or you know, you you do what the Braves did, right? If you're going to extend your young players, extend like a ton of them and and make it so that it's not just you know security on the on knowing what you're going to pay these guys moving forward it's also depth and we we did that that we don't have yeah we don't have depth but okay i i think something that i've been scouring my brain to try and like identify like the best way to say it you've actually done so and is is my issues with this team i i I have a hard time kind of nailing it down in in a succinct way but you did it just there where it's you either are the teams that pay at the top of the end of the spectrum top five every year or you have to you have to be a team that makes good decisions on the margins and gets bang for buck if you're going to be a competitive club and if you're going to do neither of those things, you're going to do a little bit of the pay, a little bit, mind you. We're like top 10 or something like that, somewhere-ish. Yeah. They're not even top 10. I think, well, with the Ben Benintendi signing, I think they probably cracked We've the top jumped 10 back now. on. But, yeah. like, it, you're barely cracking that number, and you're one of the worst teams in player development and scouting and retention of talent. Like, this is... <laughs> That that's that's bad. That's very very bad. So that I was just basically stepping back for a second to praise the fact that you were able to identify exactly succinctly where our issue is. Not that we're mired in mediocrity on the field right now. Technically, we have a lot of potential, a lot of hope for this upcoming season, but we are in a spot where we are middling in most categories for front office decision making. <laughs> yeah, it's it's horrendous. Just like my Wi-Fi connection right now. Um <laughs> as you can probably see me coming in and out. Um, time. Let's talk Andrew Benintendi. Well, yeah, let's talk let's talk Andrew Benintendi, Tom. And and what we were together last night. We had a little uh friends miss party over at your place, which was an absolute blast. Shout out to you and your wife uh for being excellent and gracious hosts uh, and letting my much. wife and I stay until like, God, what time was it? Like, I think it was one. 12, when 15, you guys... 12 30. <laughs> oh, it's like, closer to one. Fantastic. Yeah. Even better. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but thank you. Uh, let me say that and throw that out on the table. Um, my gratitude. Um, fun. I was happy to do it. it. It was a blast. Now what, what I know you went on your rant about Jose Abreu just now and about mm-hmm. like, the club needing that kind of person and and missing his bat, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now, what did I say to you? It was like a, a would you rather situation, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, you remember you me saying up... this, or we, or, or did you have too much to drink? No, I'm. I did have too much to drink, but also I remember. So two things can be true, uh, <laughs> but it was you presented the option of we re-sign Jose Abreu, or we sign Clevenger. And Benintendi. And, you know, the idea being we only have the finite amount of money that the uh, the Abreu contract would have eaten the option to sign both Clev and Benintendi. (laughs) My my response, obviously, was we shouldn't be hamstrung 
and have to do the either or bullshit here. Yeah. However, given that situation, and even with as upset I am that Jose Abreu has walked with that budget of money, the better choice is the two players, Clevenger and Benintendi versus Jose Abreu, just because of the needs of the team. I, I get it. However, if you bring back Jose Abreu and get these guys, the team's better. The team is just better. Uh, yeah, without question. I'm not going to say that this team is, is better without without Jose Abreu, right? You you have said that in the past, but you're just I not going to say have it now. Not. I have not <laughs> said that. There's no you. If you can run it back and say I think that the White Sox are better without Jose Abreu, period, then go ahead and dig that up. But you you it was something about his, never said that. his contract was coming up like a year ago, or like last off season, and you're like, I don't want to resign him after this, or so I don't know something. Well, like it's because I knew that the money needed to be spent elsewhere. You know, here, here's here's another example. Do unless you. Unless you're the Astros and you have a shit ton of player development mm-hmm. uh, and like, money and a decent amount of money, right? I mean, here's the thing: the White Sox spent more than the Astros last year at the beginning of the year. Now, how'd that turn? Exactly. How did that turn out? Um, unless you are one of those teams that's at the top, you cannot afford to spend premium money at first base. I. Look, it's the, another one of those positions, and and that's not as bad. That's not as bad as a closer, but it's one of those positions where there's a lot of yeah. guys on the market who can mash. Yeah, yeah. The you White can, Sox can drafted a, a third over at third overall. They drafted a first baseman, yeah. which is another interesting decision. It's a choice, but and it's a choice they, that was made. They drafted that with the idea yeah. that that's the future, right? So at least there was some vision there. Um, right. Yeah. So, and, and, but yeah, you're right. A team that isn't that, you know, a team that shouldn't be crying poverty, but is a little bit, or an owner that's crying poverty, but shouldn't be Jerry Reinsdorf, you know, is going to say, yeah, you get these two guys or you get this one guy, you know, it's, it's, it's budget Christmas. Um, but yeah. And, and I'm glad that you answered. I would rather have Ben and and Clavenger. Yeah, it, it just makes it 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 obviously because it's two positions, not one. Two is better than one. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the main argument for that being the case is that you have you know added to your pitching depth and you've solved an outfield problem that's persisted for the last six years. Hypothetically, hypothetically, um, so you can't say no to that. Um, the yeah. problem then, though, is that I don't, I'm, I don't really like Andrew Benintendi. <laughs> so, so there's that. You, you know what? Do you want? I'll let you go and rant right now, and then I'll have I'll have a retort for everything that you have to say about Benintendi. Okay. You, you, you already, go for it. I've ready? already given you my main take on him is that he's just a younger, and Adam Eaton. So there's that. It, that's just not true. <laughs> It's hundred percent factual. Why? And because he's a because he's a, made, a a primarily contact hitter. Primarily contact hitter plays in the outfield. Plays a be- a better defensive outfield than and, uh, Adam Eaton ever did. Yeah, and uh, 
Khan jumps the market for him. So that's uh that's those are the but he, similarities. But actually that I've he drawn. didn't but he didn't jump the market actually. He wait he did the exact opposite. He, he waited, waited for everybody fell. else to go. Yeah. And then he was like, All right, boom, baby, let's get Ben Intendi. Um But the, this is the other thing about him is that he's another royal that Rick Hahn has gone and signed. I honestly think that Rick Hahn should just go work for the Royals. He loves the fucking Royals. Every, <laughs> like, ob-fucking-cessed with that organization. It's it's too much. Well, I mean, he got his guy. He got Pedro Griffal. Okay? He did. So here, here, here's what I got to say. Pedro Griffal is your manager, and you've got uh, Mike Tosar, who's um, going to be working. He's not the hitting coach, but he's the... Somebody's going to have to look this up for me. Tom, you can look it up while, while I'm talking about Mike Tosar. Uh, I think he's like hitting develop with some sort of development coach for hitting. Um, so two guys straight from the Royals organization. And I think that there's some sort of connection there. I, I think Tosar and uh, Griffal both believe that Benintendi is a good player. He's young. He's got a lot left in him as long as the wrist injury doesn't pop up again. And this is a guy who was a 3.2 war player last year. It's a guy who was a 120 OPS plus guy last year. He's going to be, if you put him in last year's lineup, Tom, he's the second best hitter behind Abreu. Yeah. And he plays plays defense. He's not a converted first baseman move to a corner outfield position. He's actually a solid <laughs> he'll, defensive he'll play defense. Yes. He's actually a solid defensive addition. And and we've made the joke about outfield defense. Yeah. There you go. There it's it the, it's the perfect yeah. signing and I know it's not sexy. It's not Brandon Nimmo. It's <sighs> not even it's not Bryce Harper 4 years ago, right? Yeah. We're yeah. looking at Andrew Benintendi, okay? The there can be some potential there, too. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about a guy who was one of the rising stars in Major League Baseball a few years ago. He was. Boston won the World Series, and he was a everybody of, yeah. Everybody around the league was looking around, and they're like, okay, Andrew Benintendi might be the next big thing. And he wasn't. And he wasn't, <laughs> but he's still a solid player. I mean, this yeah. isn't a guy who has literally gone from being one of the best in the league to one of the worst in the league. We're not even seeing a Lucas Giolito type drop off. Okay, <laughs> we're, look, we're looking. You. We're looking at you. a guy who's very solid. And the only thing that worries me about Benintendi, it's not even his age or the contract. I mean, you got a guy. I mean, the market is hot right now. Players are getting paid, and you're telling me you got a 28 year old outfielder. For fifteen mil a year, who used bad. to who, who used to be an all star, and he's hopefully working his way back to all star levels post wrist injury. That that's just it. Is like he took the security of a longer contract with the with the lingering wrists, whatever. Yeah. And so, you respect that from from the player side, and yeah. you look at the you know White Sox side of things, and it's like hmm, it was a choice that we made. So here we are. I don't. Fully I, I'm, hate I'm it. just. 
I'm not. Don't you clearly don't fully hate it. You love it. You're you're about I to. I, I like throw it a, a lot. goddamn parade for. I think next it's time a per- I think it's a lands. perfect fit. Let me ask you right a now. Perfect fit. A perfect fit. A perfect fit would have been Aaron fucking Judge. That's no. A well, yes. Fit. A perfect fit would have been Aaron Judge or Brandon Nimmo. Right. The problem is the White Sox. What did we just establish? When they're never going to be in the top five in payroll. They're not going to pull. Yeah, they're not going to play at the top of the market, and the money is unfortunately already spent. Mm-hmm. Now, who would you rather have from the mid-tier free agents in the outfield this year that have been signed or haven't been signed? Mitch Haniger might have been nice. Where is Mitch Haniger actually? Did he get re-signed by Seattle? <laughs> He's playing for the Giants. He's playing for the Giants. Oh, of course. Of course. San Francisco. <laughs> hot take San Francisco Giants Look, fan here. San Francisco Giants offseason. Much better than the White Sox offseason. That is correct. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of teams around. The league, ding, 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 ding. Correct. <laughs> On a scale. And actually, our, our buddy Ryan Ferrucci, outfield defense man himself, mm-hmm. asked me on a scale of one to be as I was hype about the Benintendi signing. You were. I'm I'm still excited about it. Good. good. He said on a scale of 1 to 10, where do you rate the White Sox offseason? Now, before I tell you what I answered, you answer first. Scale of 1 to 10, what are you rating the White Sox offseason so far? First of all, I don't think it's over, so I think that's a big caveat. Like, I Yeah, fingers fingers fucking crossed. Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, I mean, with the addition of... (sighs) Clevenger and, and Benintendi, those are... One thing that we said we needed is outfielder and a starting pitcher depth. Like yep. th- those are two things that we identified ourselves and said holes need filling. Yep. And th- this is, they have been addressed and they're not like bullshit things that like bullshit players, like these players should perform, should be above average players for the team. Like, I'm happy with it. I'd give it like a B plus as far as off seasons go, but it, it, that's with the expectation that we keep going. We're not done yet. If we, if this is it, if this is it, then it's a C, you know, we, we really should have done. Okay. So you're giving it a grade. So scale one to 10, a C is what? I mean, like, Oh shit. Sorry. I, I, I missed the yeah. assignment. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then what are we going to put it at? Uh, uh, a seven out of 10. If uh, they, don't do anything if they don't do anything from here on out. Wow. And that's high. Eight, eight out of ten if they uh do uh, get if they if this is if they do keep going from here. Uh currently out at eight out of ten is what I'd say. The thing about it is I'm going from like the promoter or the uh whatever kind of mindset with this, where it's like a promoter score is only uh eight through ten. Or no, it's it's only nine and ten. It was yeah. a promoter. Eight is still nothing. Like technically, you don't get any like bonus points for that. And then anything lower than that is is like a detracting kind of a score. Okay. Six six out of ten and lower is is a detractor. Like it's a bad score. That's that's kind of like where I was going from with my scale. Fair, fair. Um, so I said a f- a four and a half to a five is what I'm giving it. And I, maybe that's so you're a detractor. So maybe, yeah, maybe five. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go with five. Um, I'm hype over the Benny signing because yeah. I thought they were going to get no one. That's so I was sad. get. I was getting ready to see Oscar Colas get 500 major league at bats this year. <laughs> I was ready for it. Yeah. Um, it fucking sucks, but um, thank God it's not going to happen. Most likely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, 
there's upside with Benintendi, but there were better people available. I'd probably give it an eight if they could have landed Nimmo instead of Benintendi. Right. A nine if they would have gotten a better starter. Yeah. And a 10 if they get all that and also add on Gene Segura. So you're dreaming of Genie. Um, I think if they get Gene Segura, I'm willing to give this offseason a 7 to a 7.5. Okay, so your grading system is real whack compared to mine. But just comparatively speaking, like I feel like I like the offseason less than you, but my scores were higher. Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> what can I say? I'm a tough grader. Tough grader. Yeah, man. God, don't want to be in certain. Yeah, I guess five to, five to me isn't an F. Five to me is middle of the road. Yeah, five is an F, bro. But that, I mean, hey, look, right. again, difference of opinion. Right. <laughs> a, five, a five out of 10 is, is, is like an F, like when you're grading. But yeah, I, in my head, it's like, okay, it's a middle of the road offseason. It's yes. a five. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. To me, it's middle of the road. You lost Abreu. You gained two other guys who should hopefully are impact players. Um, Billy the hitter. You haven't mentioned it yet. Fourth outfielder. I know. I don't want to give Bruhan Luke a, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you already saw his, his video, right? No, did he make a, uh, Uh, he he pranced around his kitchen. It looked like it was post run and (laughs) (laughs) or maybe post-work he looked uh, out of sorts and he's just going around his kitchen doing doing this with with his with his with the phone in his hand billy billy Billy. (laughs) of course brew hands like over the moon about it that's perfect billy hamilton is on this 26 man roster for more than 40 games i'm not a happy man at all excuse how dare you how Um, dare you he is going to be playing more right field than benintendi you just wait well benintendi should not be playing right field so he's gonna be playing left field (laughs) which team avoid dh is it might be under construction again oh no well i mean look now that i mean what are we gonna do dh gavin sheets or no, we're not. So we can DH Eloy and then have him in left. And then wait. So then your right fielder is Bill, Billy the hitter. <laughs> no, it's Gavin Sheets, baby. We're trying Gavin Sheets back out in right field. No. I hope you're ready for it. Yeah, um, well, whatever. Well, you know, we were I, talking. Yeah, go ahead. If I may, though, just briefly speak about Billy Hamilton. Like all jokes aside, like he's on a minor league deal. There's a lot low risk for for this Absolutely. signing. I don't hate this at all. It's a good signing. The thing that I'm that makes me excited, or at least it piques my interest, is there's all the rule changes around base running mm-hmm. in the MLB this upcoming season. The potential for uh, large increase in steals a large increase in like just activity on the base base paths in general having somebody like billy hamilton who has a very high percentage of steel success over his career obviously because of his wheels but there's also that skill piece of like you know Luis robert has wheels but he gets picked off you know like so there is a skill involved there the bases are bigger this year and there's only a you have a limit to how many times you can pick off, attempt to pick off 
from the mound. Remember, so they, we are talking about 32-year-old aging injury problems in the past, Billy Hamilton, too. So yeah, 32. It's not, it's not like you just added a guy who's gonna, you know, steal 40 no. bags this year. No, 45. He's gonna steal 45 bags. <laughs> and um, and I'll tell you why. No, I, I think like there's a lot to be said about the you know wrong side of 30 argument for free agents. It makes sense to be afraid of people over 30 when you're hunting for long-term free agents. Oh, for it, sure. I mean, it's a no. It's a it's, no risk signing. It's a I'm minor saying, league deal. Hopes up that Billy Hamilton. Look, gonna be. thirty-two is it technically? Technically, that's still the prime window for production for players. It's a prime window for production for players whose game isn't built on speed. <laughs> Terrence Gore was a weapon in the playoffs. anomaly anomaly the world's <laughs> fastest player ever <laughs> and then he stuck around though right like he w- played until i that would be a fact check for me but the he point being pretty young the point being that i i'm not willing to say billy the hamilton was a throwaway signing i think my interest is peaked. What if I told you Terrence Gore is still younger than Billy Hamilton right now? That's hilarious. I, I feel like <laughs> Terrence Gore is a 90-year-old man, like halfway in the grave. And that is just nope, not... that's, that's Billy because he entered the league at like 19. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I mean, fucking, I'm, I'm excited. For real. For real. I, I, I wanted, with the uh, rule changes, to have an option on the team for a burner like they're there with the rule changes this year specifically and the unknowns around how it's going to affect the game having a burner on your 26 man roster is just smart like we we don't know if this is going to be a huge increase in steals if it's going to become a big part of the game or how the the product is going to adapt to these changes we don't know how that's going to look maybe it'll be totally irrelevant but i see where you're going with this Mm -hmm. socks need to trade for nick madrigal Fuck you. <laughs> How dare you? That's so bad. Singles and then steals. Singles and steals. Yes, a single baby. and a steal is the same as a double. Uh, hey, maybe Ozzy Kean was the best fit for this team as manager. Oh, my God. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> my God. Um, speaking of Nick Madrigal, can we go down second base, uh, you know, lane? And talk talk about – I, I want to talk about infielders, so this is perfect. Okay, um, great. So do – where are you going with this? You want to talk about the four shortstops that are off the board? I right? do want to talk about that. Um, and their contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey Turner gets the bag. Carlos Correa gets the bag. Dansby Xander. Swanson gets the bag. Xander Bogarts gets the bag. Um, now look at these contracts. The what is the one thing that catches your attention the most about them? Let me ask all you of this. them. All of them. It's the years. The years. Yes. Years. 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 <laughs> it's like insane. Crazy. So. Xander Bogarts is signed up to his age 41 year. Mm-hmm. I think Turner and Correa are signed up to their 30, age 39 year. I think Correa is 40. Correa is age 40. 40. I think. Okay. And then you've got Dansby, which isn't as bad at 35. Yeah. That that one makes more sense, but it's it's also he was the fourth 
of the four big shortstops right. for and there's a, a big was, and I'll be honest yeah, there's a big gap between him and all the other three people people can throw shade at uh, the Cubs fans who might listen to this podcast can throw shade at me sorry Dansby Swanson is not Carlos Correa Trey Turner Xander Bogarts he's, he's not. just not Let's be real. Very not. We're talking about a guy with the offensive production of uh, a career OPS plus of 95. Okay. He's a below average league hitter. You know, he's got Um, a good glove. He's got a great glove and a good arm. Great glove. Great arm. You know, high baseball IQ. I mean, we're we're talking about a guy that plays the game very well and understands the game very well and has high upside. Um, Mm -hmm. He's also allowed to hold a bat sometimes. Is like basically that's how I feel like it's like wow, he's so good in the field, and also he has a bat. Yeah, um, um, and he's not mean, a, he knows he's how to use yeah. it. But. He's not as atrocious at the plate as Andrelton Simmons, but I mean <laughs> Andrelton. Oh. <laughs> so um, but the, when we were scared of Andrelton. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm. I was just like, oh, maybe this guy will start hitting league average. Oh, Uh-oh. <laughs> OPS plus of like sixty. Um, <laughs> so bad so i i mean we're we're talking about well let's go down what the cubs did in the offseason mm-hmm. say the white Sox did that say the white yeah. Sox got jameson tyone dansby swanson and cody bellinger would you be more happy with them jameson tyone i like better than i like clevenger Yep. Think about the money, though, and think about the longevity. I don't give of a contract. shit about money. I mean, yes. I mean, I don't either. But remember, we have established <laughs> right, 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 right. we're not going to ever. Yes, on. this team right here with the banner behind me right now, Southside, Southside, is not going to be in the top five, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, okay, I, I, I grant you that, but I still like Tyone better, and I, I, okay. I, I feel that Belly is a good. That's a good flyer to take, honestly. What we should have done, could have done, is taken what we did take, Clevenger, Benintendi, and then if we had picked up Belly as well, I mean, shit. And this is what I don't hate about the position that the White Sox are in. And you're going to rag on me again for this, but I'm going to say it. The White Sox can still get a low-risk, high-reward guy in the outfield Mm -hmm. without it being Cody Bellinger. Without it being somebody that possibly can strike out 200 times in the year, like Bellinger and Gallo. Okay. Cause I know a lot of people, yourself included, right? Really I'm wanted a Joey fan Gallo. Of Gallo. Yeah. I like Joey Gallo. I don't like him in the current, the way the White Sox roster is currently restru- uh, constructed. Cause you've got way too many guys that strike out. Yeah. That's true. And I, as much as I don't necessarily believe in put the ball in play. I also believe you can't strike out. You can't have multiple guys that strike out 200 times a year on your lineup and expect yeah. to be good. Yeah. So that's why I like the Benintendi signing in particular over Gallo. Um, now, let me say this. Low risk, high reward. Guy who was brought up last season but had the injury problem and didn't play. Michael Conforto. No. Another left-handed bat. It won't hurt. I, I, okay, look, uh, I shouldn't, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't the shit reaction. on it. I shouldn't shit on it as, but the, the, th- the thing, if it, if anybody else had said it, Steve, I would have been like, oh, that's a decent idea. But you were on the Conforto train way too fucking early, way too long. Like, <laughs> 
two years ago you were obsessed with this guy I'm three saying, years ago i was obsessed about this guy let's be real so so ridiculous so that's why going into the pandemic i loved michael conforto you were you could not shut up about him so the point the point being though that i think if i had heard that from somebody else i'd be like hmm that is interesting uh because you're right there is room on this roster i think that's where i'm that's where i'm seeing this from is like there is room on this roster for a high upside outfielder and and you know like kind of like a one-year prove it's a perfect deal. deal exactly and it's not 17 and a half million dollar prove it deal like bellinger was that mm, I don't know. He may be. He may you think be that Conforto, kind of... after not playing at all last year, coming off of an injury, is going to commit? No. He's going to command like eight, nine million, maybe ten. Bruh. No. Yeah. yeah. I'm serious. You were the one who spouted the fucking numbers at me. He he is like an above 120 OPS plus. Yeah, career. Yeah. So. He's a guy who didn't play at all last year. No, I, I, I understand that. I understand that. However, there's a lot of people like everybody who's ever had Tommy John. They take a full year off and they still command numbers that were representative of what they had before. So I I don't I don't agree with you that he's going to be that low. Time will tell. We're not front office members. I think it's silly to argue the, the dollar number, to be frank. Point is that there's room on the roster for a player like that. There is a player like that on the market and i think that that would fit what we're what we need moving forward so i like it i i like again i i would react the same way <laughs> more positive if you said it again it wasn't yeah your, 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 if it your wasn't favorite. you that said it if of my course. co-host didn't say that, I would have been like, wow, that's a great idea. But since you did, uh, no, I, I I like that. And the, the other thing to keep in mind, though, is what I really want. And this is where we were technically, I think, headed with the infielder discussions. Yes. Like the top four sh- shortstops are gone. We all knew that the White Sox were not going to be involved. A, because they have Tim Anderson already. B, because they're never going to be top five payroll. Uh, right. But. There are other infielders. There are other infield positions, actually, believe it or not, than shortstop. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> hence James... why I brought up Nick Madrigal trade. No, fuck you. <laughs> Stop. Stop, please. <laughs> had to go there again. <laughs> Gene Segura had a great postseason. And he, so he's hot now. I mean, you know, there's an offseason still, whatever. But, he would be a good option. He's older. He's on the wrong side of 30, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He is. He, he's proven that he's still playing at a high caliber. He's still playing at a high caliber. I don't think that sentence makes sense, but it doesn't matter. Point point <laughs> he, being, he's still he's, a high caliber player. There we go. He's still a high caliber player at a high he's level. Performing at the top of his game still and yeah. he has done so very recently. Uh, I just I I like that idea and a slugging second baseman is that's what this team needs in my opinion. Uh, We've got the utility guys that we can kind of plug and play with. Uh, That's not that's not a a winning team doesn't have a utility guy bouncing around the infield and playing a lot of second. You use somebody that has some potential to do damage in that position. 
Yeah. So I mean, we're talking uh, about a guy that was a two, basically a two-war player last year. Nothing spectacular, okay? But no, we're talking about no. second. We're not. We're talking about second base here, and we're talking exactly. about the guy. You know, like we said, the White Sox are not going to play for the top guys in the market. But if it's an area of need, and it's the best player on the market in their position, and you mm-hmm. can, and it's in your spending range. You go and you do it. There should be zero questions about it. Gene Segura should be signed. He should be on the White Sox already. It should be a one or two year deal. AAV of about, I don't know, seven, eight mil and make it happen. Period. Like, don't play around with your dick. Um, And I know the, the, the conversation has been the White Sox are going to be spending about as much as they did last year. And a lot of people... A lot of people who may have a closer ear to the organization than either of us do right. think that that number is going to be lower than 200 mil. I think it's going to be around 200 mil. They were over 200 mil last year mm-hmm. uh, to end the season. Why can't they be there again this year? Um, yeah. Especially since Rick Hahn has been telling us, hey, this is our window. This is our window. This is our window. So the the other thing that I can see if they're trying to keep payroll down and improve at second base, which is, it's a poverty move. And I don't like the idea of trading to get rid of a salary and then you go and and get somebody back that's cheaper, right? The thing that's been floated around the rumor mill is that the White Sox will possibly trade for a second base. And Rick Hahn said, we can see in a, in a press conference, I can't remember if it was the Griffal press conference or if it was another one in mm-hmm. the offseason mm-hmm. where he said, we can see ourselves you know, something along the lines of trade and, you know, utilizing the trade market right. to get better in certain positions. Yeah. yeah. That would involve the White Sox then trading from an area of strength. And on paper, that's relief Bolton. pitching. On paper. <laughs> on paper. <laughs> <laughs> Not based on the numbers last year, but, you know, based on Whatever. the talent. That's right. There. Exactly. Exactly. Um, trading a bullpen piece and getting a second baseman back. The Yankees need a closer. The Dodgers need a closer. It, it, what do you think? A lot of people are saying Glaber Torres is a part of a trade with the White Sox uh, to get Liam Hendricks. I thoughts on that? I would hate to see Liam pay, playing for the Yankees. I would hate yep. to see that. Um, I also don't know if that's one of his. He has a, a limited trade, a li- yeah. no trade clause, like a team list of five teams. I don't know if that's one of them. I. Look, I I would doubt it. He he's probably got going back to Oakland. <laughs> he's got yeah. that on there. It's probably like the teams <laughs> that are at the, the bottom rung here. Exactly. Right? I mean, like, like you would in Baltimore, even the Marlins better than the freaking White Sox. Um, you wouldn't want to go to the Marlins right now. You wouldn't want to go to the fucking I don't know the. the Actually, I was about to say the Rangers, but they're Pittsburgh. Up their Pittsburgh. Ass. Well, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. We'll talk about them. At yeah. The oh, yes. So. Exactly. Um, but yeah. So point point being, it, I I all that aside, I don't think that the Yankees would be on the no trade clause, and I just I don't like uh, this. May be silly, but I I don't like Glaber Torres as as an option because he's he's been stock trending down kind of mm-hmm. guy for the last three seasons. I just, I don't know. Maybe getting him out of that situation, putting him in like, look, you're not like you weren't. He was going to be the shortstop of the future for the Yankees. 
and then that didn't work out right so that's a hard place to be like in a second place role a second base role whereas if you take him out of that situation put him on the white Sox, and say hey you were never going to be our shortstop but we need you to be the best second baseman for this organization go do your thing maybe there's something to be said about how that fixes him but i don't want to take i don't want to lose liam for that if if that makes sense yeah i mean like i said i think this is what low market teams do to stay relevant mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so it's it, it comes back down to this identity thing that we talked about right. earlier yeah the white right. Sox is the white Sox identity yes we can afford to pay the best closer in the league and then also tap the free agent market for the best second baseman available or yeah. are they going to put cry poverty and say okay we need to start shedding payroll let's trade our closer who's our number three now or number two yeah i think he's our number two right it's either him or yeah it's like they're neck and neck right for payroll for like yeah so liam you, you, you obviously closer is a guy that's gonna get 65 innings in a regular season basically mm-hmm. right are the white Sox gonna say hey we're gonna invest this much money in, in a guy that only pitches 65 innings or is it gonna be hey this is a position we can trade from let's get a 26 year old second baseman slash short shortstop guy who's gonna be better at second um who you know like you said trending downward might be a little i don't know he had a really rough 21 that's for sure mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. lower on base or solid on base. I mean, 331 on base, but the slugging numbers were horrific. And then he popped the yeah. slugging up last year, uh, which helped his offensive value. Um, he's still an above average hitter and the White Sox need above average hitters yeah. um, across yeah. the board. We talked about depth, right? And, and he still has upside. He, that's that, that is something to be said. I, right. I, you're talking me into it, but I also, I don't want to see Liam anywhere else. I want to see. Yeah, Liam well, I, I mean, trust me, I love Liam Hendricks. I mean, if it comes down to Glaber Torres and and whatever's left in our bullpen versus, you know, Gene Segura and Liam yeah. Hendricks, then give me Gene Segura and Liam Hendricks. Like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So even even if even mm. if Glaber, I mean, I, yes, I think Glaber is better and he's younger, and you've gotten a couple extra. I think it's this year and one more of team control. But why would you give up on a closer if you're going to be a top-notch playoff team? Like if, or if you're going to if you're going to even talk about playoffs. Right, right. You wouldn't it, it as much as it doesn't make sense to pay like your closer the second most out of any player on your team, it also doesn't make sense to say we have playoff hopes and walk in right without a closer. Exactly. So. And I think it's different if we're having this conversation two months ago. If if this conversation is mm. brought, like if, if this is swirling around the rumor mill two months ago, when mm. there are other high octane free agents available, right. you know, right. like when you've got the creme de la creme still available and you're saying, hey, we might shed Liam shed Hendricks so that so we that can we go can. get, a, you know, a Brandon Nimmo, then, right. then, then we're talking. Because you're saying that that money is going to be spent <laughs> on a position immediately, player. right? And yeah, and accurately, that's not the case anymore. You're absolutely right about that. Now, I, I think the other thing that you haven't considered losing when you lose Liam Hendricks is the hype 
around that entrance. The the video, <laughs> the fucking light show, the fucking like you don't want to. Oh that, my god! You can't do that light show for Glaber Torres. It just wouldn't. It wouldn't work. You can do it for Kendall Grayman, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> you absolutely that. Yeah, I would. You would do like a a grave digger, like something enter night kind of Sandman maybe for for Graveman. I don't know something. What, what I was... I know. I went like six directions. None of it made sense. Point <laughs> being, I think that there's there's a way to make Graveman like kind of a good closer entrance video. What I really am building to is. There was another hype video that was released. Oh, boy. Uh, this is a great place to wrap up. <laughs> another hype video that was released uh, within the last week or so, two weeks, whatever it was. Vince Velasquez got signed by the Pittsburgh Pirates. and their... Congratulations to Vince Velasquez. Oh, absolutely. Huge, huge. Um, their hype video for him made it look like they just signed the fucking... Like they just signed player. Barry Bonds in his prime. Yes, they just <laughs> made this out to be okay. <laughs> and it's literally Vince Velasquez putting on a Pittsburgh Pirates putting on his form. hat, putting on the jersey, and then his highlights in a White Sox uniform yes. of yes. him getting strikeouts on like breaking balls that mm-hmm. are like barely breaking. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they like moving the video and like quick cuts and stuff make it look like his stuff is plus plus, and it's just not. <laughs> <laughs> they they hyped oh up a guy God. with a career ERA of five. <laughs> they they really did. There are they... very few organizations <laughs> that I would be less proud of to be a fan than the Chicago White Sox. The Pittsburgh Pirates, Pirates are absolutely. definitely one of them. Yeah, they are oh, absolutely yeah. one of them. They have one of the best stadiums in all of baseball. So gorgeous. They have one of the worst run organizations in all of baseball as well. Mm-hmm. The Pirates are awful. I honestly would rather be a Baltimore Oriole fan than a yeah. Pittsburgh Pirate fan. Isn't that a crying shame, though, that two of the most beautiful ballparks in America, yes. two of the worst teams in America, like 100%. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Horrific. Well, Tom, final thoughts as we wrap this thing up. We're, we're sitting on just yeah. over an hour. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, OK, so you, you've actually it was funny. I walked into today with less hope than you did which usually is not the case uh, <laughs> I, I i usually have more hope in the team like just general like goodwill for them than you yeah. do and uh you've actually convinced me that you know this next season might not be so bad Th- there is i should say like as as much as i'm not as excited about novak benintendi uh, you you're you're a little bit more excited Jeez. about him than you than i am uh It'll just be hard if we play Canada or if if we play Toronto in the playoffs. He's vaccinated now. There. I'm very convinced he's there. vaccinated now. He had a quote open mind to it. So, oh, either way, I, I actually, matter. if I'm not mistaken, too, I believe they dropped the requirement in Canada. Did they? Okay. Well, mm-hmm. point point being, like, here we are, midpoint of the off season. I oh, let's call it. Yep. We got a new manager. We got a couple you, new players and brand positions new of, coaching staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Debo's brand, back though. Yeah, like oh God, don't even. 
That's worth <laughs> that's worth a whole different Minoso minute. That is worth a whole different Minoso minute when we get back on the air. I don't want to plague people. I think with that he now. has he must have something on Jerry Reinsdorf that like he's anyway there's some blackmail going on where they they can't release him he knows something about jerry or kenny that no one yeah for sure yeah (laughs) no uh, all all jokes aside like you're sitting halfway point in the in the offseason you you've convinced me that there's like these signings they're in positions of need they are good representative players that we're plugging into these holes there's a reason to be excited about this upcoming offseason a uh, regular season yeah baseball <laughs> for sure i mean yeah right now if i were to predict where the white Sox are going to be they're a 500 ball club but wow i, I don't kind of harsh but <laughs> after all, all of your excitement <laughs> but with that being said i think there that's also with everybody coming back and performing the way they did last year and there's no right. way that happens right there's no way that Yasmani Grandal comes back in a swinging a wet pool noodle as bad as he was last year. Playing like in the 10th percentile of his poten- per- potential. Like, yes, exactly. No way. Right. Oh, I mean, no, Yasmani wasn't even in the 10th percentile of, of, of his potential he, of, of his potential last year. He was in the first or second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was horrific. It's just so bad. So, um, so bad. Eloy right. and, 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 and guys like Eloy guys like Luis, mm-hmm. if they're, and, and, you know, the, the White Sox way, stay healthy. Um, this is why depth is important. And I think, especially with the signing of Ben Nintendi, if, the if they go, Billy the hitter, <laughs> if they go out and get another guy who can possibly produce in 2023, I think, you know, if somebody goes down, then, you know, you're not relying on Oscar Cole, us. You're right. not relying on Larry Garcia or Romy Gonzalez, oh right? God. Go out and get the guys that should be starters before you play guys who can possibly be starters. Right. I think and there's such high upside for this team, but you don't want to in the third year of your window, you don't want to be, oh, this team has a lot of upside. This is where we were supposed to be. (laughs) Like, There's there's so many question marks on the field. There's not a lot of like book it he's going to be producing this on the back of the baseball card just but but with the dawn of a new era with somebody in new at the helm of this team there's a lot to be you know potentially excited about and uh you've convinced me of that and for that i uh i thank you absolutely trying to stay optimistic baby Benintendi for MVP. Let's go. Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> Holy heck. Actually, Luis Robert for MVP, finally. But <laughs> Yes. I mean, look, if he does, then he does, and I'll be there for it. But mm, am I going to bet it? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> well, I think that's a wrap, everybody. I don't even want to do our closing because I, I still don't believe. I, in Han, I don't trust. Um, <laughs> go get a second baseman. You know, I think the starting rotation solid bullpen. If you want to trade from it, maybe go sign a second baseman would be the priority. Go get another yes. outfielder for depth. Maybe, and- maybe we can flip our our closeout then and be like, if you sign Gene Segura, then in Han we trust. It's like, <laughs> and we can do it like that from now on. If you do this, then we trust you. <laughs>
<laughs> I'll work on that. We'll have something more clever next time we go. There we up. go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have a good right. week, everybody. We'll talk uh, talk to you later. Later. Bye. Bye.